for me fulfillment is just being happy mm. you know I, i i never do anything that takes away the joy in me or doesn't fuel me you know if it doesn't fuel me i i i even talk about certain doors you know when you walk into a door or an opportunity and if you feel like you have to compromise yourself who you are and your happiness in the process then it's not meant for you no irrespective of how much money it's bringing or how much um network or whatever but if it's not fueling you because at the end of the day um you can't um pour from an empty cup you know you need to take care of yourself as well it's only then when it hit me that okay i saw people who looked nice but i didn't see people who looked like me you know people who are dressing as who are part of the c suit or the executives weren't black female and young you know and and that's when it hit me that we don't have representation enough and as much as we say we are growing we're moving from um you know i think the progress from 1994 to now it has been an immense progress but i still think we don't have enough representation in these spaces and i thought to myself if i if i am not going to be if i'm going to say okay no actually someone else is going to to do it if if i'm not going to take the step and say it's up to me then someone else is also going to look at me and say it's up to Devoko and I'm also looking at them it's like it's up to them and no no action is being taken Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Leaders Podcast. I'm your host Mpomonto, and our goal and mission with the show is to introduce you to stories of young people across the globe. We believe that the next generation of thought leaders in their respective fields. Right? This episode's guest is formerly known as the founder and executive director of Lead Young South Africa, an organization aimed at bridging the gap between young people living in townships and those living in suburbs across Southern Africa. done by creating spaces that inspire motivate groom young people from the township of Davidton through mentorship this young individual is currently enrolled at the university of johannesburg where she's studying towards her accounting degree with hopes of inspiring more young black women to go into the corporate accounting space think of the upcoming gabriel union our very next uh, sarah jakes or perhaps even nonza mombata think table from pasele table thank you so much for joining us here at the leaders podcast thank you so much for having me Thank you so much Tebogo. Um you know Tebogo I I I've not really interacted with you and then a lot of the time with such high impact individuals as yourself I ask myself what have you been doing since the lockdown since being forced to be in quarantine what have you been doing to to keep yourself active or yeah. alive in such uncertain time I think if anything uh you know we sometimes we're so busy doing so many things you know going out with our friends and you know making moves as as <laughs> we, today's generation would say and I think what this lockdown has sort of uh, forced us to do is to do some sort of like self introspection mm. um self recuperation where you're just sitting with yourself and going back to the starting board you know just drawing up your 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 goals again you know just um making sure that your goals are still in sight and just you know bringing yourself back to yourself and i think that's what this lockdown has sort of done to me it has mm. forced me to just look at some of my areas where do i need improvement and also just taking time to myself you know you're so busy making moves yeah. that you don't have time to actually take care of ourselves yeah. and i think that's what i've sort of 
done during this lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. quite commendable indeed. I think, I think uh, even when I think about it, I think rarely do we sit down and actually become aware of who we are becoming in the purpose of just sure. making moves. You know, it becomes all about who's making the, who's the big shot, you know. Um, but I think what you say, that sense of, of, of stillness and, and looking within to reintroduce ourselves to ourselves. Now, Teboho, I want us to start off with a trip down memory lane. You know, take me back okay. to grade 11 St. Francis College in Benoni at the time. Um, with the yeah. predicament of your community at the time, what was it that made you decide that you were going to be the change you wanted to see in your community? So, um, as, as I said, um, coming from or having friends even who, who, who live in township areas, right? I think I was far more privileged in the sense that my parents could still afford to, to take me to a private school. And like them, they had to obviously settle with um, the, the local township schools that were around. So then I thought to myself, Look, I may not have the money, but at least I do have the resources. And at the time, I also knew a few people who could um, help out mm. in whatever way. You know, sometimes as a young person, you don't necessarily even just need money to pursue your dream, but you need someone to come and motivate you. Yeah. And I felt like I had that motivation because I would go to a lot of seminars in mm. your center or wherever where you have young people come talk to you. Yeah. You know, individuals like Candice Mugisele. And you leave there so inspired and so motivated to go after your dream. And that drive is there. You know, I thought to myself, I mean, if I have the privilege of getting this drive, mm. you know, why don't I afford someone else, my peer, the same opportunity, who unfortunately doesn't come from the same, you know, background as me. Mm. Mm. In, in, yeah. in, in looking at your, at your trajectory, Deboho, um, we both know the impact of the Gibbs program that it had on, yeah. on your growth and it specifically in the formation of your organization. I want to understand, you know, what impact did this program have on, 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 on your formation of the, of, the, of the foundation, but also more so, how did you find out about it? Um, so the Gibbs program is uh, well, it's called the Spirit of Youth program, hosted by Gibbs, which is the Gordon Institute of Business Science, which also happens to be UP's um, business school. So every year, they they what they do is that they go to different schools around Gauteng, and then they choose the top three grade elevens in those different schools. Wow. So I was fortunate enough that yeah, I was quite an <laughs> academic. Um, I, I believe I still am. So I was fortunate enough to be part of the top three individuals who are part of the program um so what happens is that you go there every um the first month of every uh every the first saturday of every month um so you go there you meet up with people who are the same age um if not a, a year or a year older or a year younger mm-hmm. and then you are put into groups and that's your group for the whole year but then you also get to meet up with other groups and you have all these discussions on how to um, make south africa a better south africa with yeah. with having conversations amongst youth um, and not just having conversations with people who are older, because I mean, mm. um, as we look at the statistics and the demographics of our country, mm. youth make up a lot of, you know, SA's population. It's only mandatory that we have conversations amongst ourselves mm. that will, you know, build the South Africa that we want. So mm. I think that's what that platform has afforded me to see 
or be in spaces with people who are the same age as me. And even even better, it's people who are in, from different backgrounds because we also have people who come from um, Orange Farm, just yeah. different schools. And, yeah. and that should have showed you, you know, the fact that they come from underprivileged background does not necessarily mean that they don't have dreams or that, that, yeah. that they don't have a say in what's happening in South Africa. Mm. If anything, I was motivated and inspired by them as well that even irrespective of where they come from, they still have the drive that they have. And that for me was inspiring. And the other thing, I remember there was a session we were having. Yeah. And one guy, he's, he, he was 16 at the time because most of us are 16. And he's like, so we were talking about what, what is it that you're doing? You know, tell yeah. us about yourself. And he was like, so my father, my father has helped me to start my own pi- uh, pilot school. So he has a whole aviation (laughs) school at the age of 16. And I said, and I think that's the moment that really made me think. And like, I was like, okay, I have all these resources. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. am I still looking at my age and saying I'm only 16 and Mm -hmm. therefore, I mean, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And, and that sort of made me have that shift of actually girl, you, you know, whatever resources that you have right now, you have to do something. You mm. have to, you have to start something, mm. and and yeah, and I think that program really just opened up my eyes, and we were just exposed to a lot of people from different um, races, backgrounds, and mm. that does something to your to, to yeah. the way you see life and the way you see your position in life as well. Yeah, which I think I think touches on the importance, you know, of the company you keep. You know, um, true, in that space true. you were in the space of of young people, and in there there were some source of sources of inspiration that kind of compelled you to start taking uh, this step. I'm genuinely interested. When this idea came to mind, what was the very first step you took, and who did you speak to? Like, I'm just imagining. Let's say the yeah. morning came up. What was the very first thing <laughs> you started to, to do? And, and <laughs> so. Um, when the idea came, so I was at the program. So then later on, when I went, when I came back home, my older brother was home. And then I, well, I talk, about, I talk to him about a lot of things. And then there was this one, you know, when something is in your head and yeah. you like, you want to implement it, yeah. you, you might not know where you want to start, but it's just, it makes you excited. That's how yeah. excited I was. And <laughs> I couldn't stop talking about it. And to myself, that is. And then I, I was like, okay, let me just share it with my brother. And when I shared it to him, no, actually I was, I, I, I got home, I took a bath and during that bathing process, I, it was just in my head the whole time. Yeah. And then afterwards I was like, okay, let me go tell my brother. Um, he's, he's, he's much older than me. Hmm. Um, and he was so amazed, you know, that at 16 you're already just thinking about this huge idea and he was like, go yeah. for it. You know, yeah. far too often we look at our, our skin color, as I said, and also sometimes our gender. You know, mm. sometimes being, there's, it's one thing being young, but also just being black and fever at the same mm. time. Um, that's also just a big thing. And, and he was like, go for it. You know, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. But, but you know, just have that possibility, also that possibility of it working out. What mm. then, you know? Um, and yeah, that's, that's when I was like, okay, I am going for it. And I never stopped. I never looked, at, I never looked back ever since. Wow. And, and, and your organization in specific has got this kind of this myopic focus on, on bridging the gap between young people in townships and those living in, 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 uh, in suburbs. Talk to me about the challenges that ever since you started this organization that you have yeah. faced um, throughout the evolution of your organization and trying to bring this mission to fruition. 
I think I think the one main one because I mean sometimes in terms of you may you may have because I think the one thing that I had always had to do was try and look at things that I have around me and utilize whatever resources I had at the time. Mm. But then there came a time where I think funding was also something that I needed in order for me to really just implement my my vision fully. And I think going back to what I was saying, being being black, young, and female, and then going to yeah. A, a sponsor and saying I'm the 16 year old who has this vision um, and your vision is quite clear and your yeah. steps in terms of how you want to implement your vision is quite clear but for the fact that you are young and you know uh, they just look at you like okay you are not serious or I can't I believe in your vision but I, 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 don't, I don't think I believe in you enough to give you the funding so yeah. I think that was my biggest um you know, challenge at the time because I ended up having to use my allowance, any money that I was getting from my parents, I ended up just using it. Also with the registration process of it, I also just um, had to utilize what I had at the time mm. to, to, to implement it. Mm. And I think the other one, yeah, sometimes I think also the other problem is that you are young mm. and when you're going to these different um, schools and stuff, it's quite difficult to, to, in as much as it's inspiring for them to hear from a person who's their age, sometimes to some people it might seem like, "What does she know?" and well, things yeah. like that. And I think, yeah. and I and I suppose that's why I sort of had to make sure that when I go there, I go with um, and the individuals who are um, who are young as well, but also mm. people who would, I suppose, be respected far more if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, so that that has been. I think those two have been my my yeah. sort of biggest challenges along the way. And did did, did being a young black woman uh, a thing that also played to your disadvantage in any way? I think so. I think I think that's the problem with society that we mm. are programmed. You know, the moment you see a black young female, mm. you are programmed to think, um, "Oh, she's successful." You know, who does she sleep with, or how, or where does she steal the money? You know, we're not programmed to think that mm-hmm. she actually worked hard mm-hmm. to get to where she is at the moment. And I think that's our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about white people thinking about that way of well, looking at us and thinking about that, uh, having that particular thinking, but mm-hmm. it's also just amongst us as black people. You know, they look at you and they think, uh, you know, who does she think she is just because she is. I don't know, at a seat, has a seat at the table, you know, they automatically think um, yeah. you didn't earn your way um, mm-hmm. to that particular seat. Yeah. And I think that's that's the sort of mindset we need to change. And the only way we'll change that if, it's, if we uh, start extending the table and mm-hmm. making sure that more people who look like us are mm-hmm. also um, in those rooms mm-hmm. that we want to see ourselves in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. What I love about you, your response is, is that you kind of highlight on, on how you cannot, in a sense, control what people say or people's perspective or their sure. rhetoric. Uh, but at the end of the day, the results don't lie. You know, if if she's doing the most, you can ignore her health sure. for some time, but eventually you've got to pay attention. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, which I kind of love. True. Talking about the foundation, what are some of the projects that you've managed to successfully execute ever since you've started? Okay, um, so I think the one main one um, was obviously bringing in people who are um, young and, and in different fields, be the entertainment industry, entrepreneurs and all that. So I've been lucky enough to partner up with a lot of those individuals. So we'd go to township schools and have these talks and also 
you know, when they say networking is very important, mm. um, you know, in, in terms of um, teaching or rather giving the individuals, the pupils, different information they can't necessarily get from the internet and what more here than hearing it from someone they can relate to, someone yeah. who's young. So I think that's, that's one of the main ones that I've been doing. Mm. And then the other one has been um, the donation and collection of textbooks because I, I realized that I still had my grade three textbooks lying around at home and, I, and my friends <laughs> had the same, you know. So I literally just went, went around collecting textbooks and reading books. And I think in the, just the first, first month of me starting my foundation, I had collected over 500 um, books. Wow. And, and that has been a thing for me, I think, books mm. and reading books, um, study guides, and as well as textbooks. And just donating them to various um, schools that don't have um, the, these books. And mm. I've also partnered up with a book club in Davidson. That's where I also just um, I'm sent through some of the reading books too. And then people are in the surrounding area then go there to access the books as well. So mm. those are the main two. And then right now, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I yeah. had to sort of find ways or other ways in which I can... Um, still implement this idea so I'm really big on I think it also goes back to what I'm studying I'm really big on things like financial literacy you know in mm -hmm. South Africa we don't want to talk about this thing called yeah. money and I think for me um, I didn't really grow up in the in the household where we talk we spoke about money but because of the career field that I wanted to see myself in, I always read about money and mm -hmm. you know my financial management and things like that I also have a spreadsheet we, which I use every month for my budget and stuff like that. So oh. I think it's very important that I, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking into partnering up with a lot of, with other um, bank institutions so that I can fully and properly implement this thing. We, I, I start a financial literacy program um, catered, catered for people in primary and those in high school. Obviously the syllabus will be a bit different for mm -hmm. different ages, but then just with the whole idea of, you know, by the time they at least get to metric and going to varsity, they mm -hmm. have an idea on how to manage yeah. money. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's shocking how there's some people who are in their twenties and they're yeah. ready to buy a car, yeah. but they are shocked that there's a thing called things like your, your balloon payment, you know, when you buy a car, um, the only thing that they ever highlight is that your monthly payments are this and yeah. not telling, even though your monthly payments may look as low as 3,000 rand a month, but they don't tell you that there's a balloon payment where you'll be paying, um, you know, probably 10% of the total of the car, you know, that you might have to pay in one go. And that's, that's something that we're not, wow. we're not taught about because we don't grow up, you yeah. know, discussing or having these regular conversations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think quite commendable indeed. I mean, I find myself actually, I'm 21 years old, um, thinking about, I think I need to actually take some personal finances classes. You know, in, in high school, when yeah. education systems, they don't really teach us much of these things uh, about finances. I don't even know how to pay taxes. Um, and I think it's, it's yeah. quite commendable. And I, um, I think money is a very important thing um, that the I more think, we become yeah. comfortable of. Because I think growing up, when I look at it, I... My relationship with money was one filled with fear. I'd be scared to ask for money. I'd be scared to when somebody, when I do something for someone and they want to pay me, I'd be like, no, it's fine. Um, and I think, as you said, that yeah. stems from the fact that we do not discuss it. We do not, we are not and, in constant yeah. And it has a ripple effect on other things as well. Because I think if you look at um, 
uh, business is owned by young black people. Mm. You know, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why they don't they don't succeed is because um, financial management. You know, the moment they get that funding, mm. um, it's it's like it seems like it's a huge amount of money, but it's not. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. they 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 misuses mm. misuse misuse the money, and then that also just has um, an impact on their business as well and the success they offer their business as well. Mm. Mm. Now, Taboha, just to, to, to personalize, personalize it a bit, um, having listened to some of your interviews, you speak yeah. about your shift from wanting to become a doctor <laughs> to wanting to become a CA, in which you delved into that that was a step that brought fulfillment to you. I was quite interested in what fulfillment, because I found it so profound, that what yeah. does fulfillment mean to you? And how did that shift actually bring that fulfillment to life? So I think, so as I said, growing up, I, I was quite an academic. Um, I still believe I am. So I was one of those nerds. Um, and I think that's the problem with being an academic or being so good at, at studying that you, you pass all your subjects, right? So you're not really, you're doing so well in all these subjects and you're not really sure which one speaks to you. Mm. And, mm. and I think I sort of had to make that. I think that's what I was saying. I think also growing up in households where, you know, being a doctor is that yeah. one thing that, yeah. you know, you need to be a doctor because I mean, doctors, <laughs> you know, if you're an academic, then you have to be a, a doctor. And I think that's the idea that was planted in me for the longest time. And that's why I think right up until my grade 11, I was like, I want to become a doctor, I want to become a doctor. And then I, I, I got to a point because I wasn't even doing accounting in, in high school. Yeah. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm passing physics, I'm passing all these science subjects, but I don't like it. I don't like what I'm doing. Mm. goes back to your fulfillment question um for me fulfillment is just being happy mm. you know I, I i never do anything that takes away the joy in me or doesn't fuel me you know if it doesn't fuel me i i, I even talk about certain doors you know when you walk into a door or an opportunity and mm. if you feel like you have to compromise yourself who you are and your happiness in the process then it's not meant for you you know mm. irrespective of how much money it's bringing or how much um, network or whatever, but if it's not fueling you, because at the end of the day, um, you can't um, pour from an empty cup. You know, you need to take care of yourself as well. So I think um, at that point in time, I was like, I'm passing the subject, but I don't see myself doing engineering or, or mm. medicine. Mm. And like enough during my grade 12, I had the privilege of going to, so there's this thing called VACWORK, where you, um, during the June um, holidays or during your December holidays, you can go to um, any accounting firm. I know the biggest at the time, um, one of the big four accounting firms had a backward program that you can be a part yeah. of. So I enrolled and I was accepted. I was there for um, a day. Mm-hmm. So you get there, you know, you're so excited because, I mean, you've never been in this atmosphere yeah. where you're in corporate and you're seeing all these people in their nice suits and their yeah. heels and and funny enough when i got there that's all i saw you know I, I was inspired by you know just people looking good and looking like they know what they're doing yeah. and it's when i got back home and my parents asked me so how was your day and i was you know i was still explaining you know they, it was so good i saw people in and you know people who look nice and stuff like that it's only then when it hit me that okay i saw people who look nice but i didn't see people who looked like me you know, people who are dressing us, who are part of the C-suit or the executives, mm. weren't black, female, and young. You know, and, and that's when it hit me that we don't have representation 
enough. And as much as we say we are growing, we're moving from, um, you know, I think the progress from 1994 to now, it has been an immense progress, but I still think we don't have enough representation in these spaces. And I thought to myself, if I... If I'm not going to be, if I'm going to say, okay, no, actually someone else is going to, to do it. If, if I'm not going to take the step and say, it's up to me, then someone else is also going to look at me and say, it's up to Deboho. And I'm also looking at them, it's like, it's up to them and no, no action is being taken. So I thought to myself, actually, um, I don't like this, this science thing. I'm yeah. passing it, but I don't like it. I'm like, I'm going to take this. I'm also a prayerful person. I also just prayed about it first. Um, so I was like, I'm going to take this decision of going into the corporate space. And at the at the end, and the big thing is that I'm not only doing it for myself, but I'm also making it, making sure that I'm doing it for people who are coming after me to see that it is possible to to see women or people who look like them in 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 C suits making executive decisions, decisions in, in all these big accounting and audit firms. Um and, and that's how I sort of made my decision. And I think it got validated or, or it got more firmer when I, I I was doing my first year. I went to a lot of um, sort of networking sessions with a lot of CAs and, and stuff. And I think I remember I was I went to a um, SICA, the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, mm, yeah. has this thing called um, top five, no, top 35, under 35. So it's CAs who are under the age of 35 who um, basically nominate themselves or get nominated for that award of the year. And then during that night, it was like the awards evening and I was also just there as part of the audience. Mm. And the winner that day was Mpo. Her name was Mpo. I forgot her surname though. Um, she she was, um, I think, 34, if I'm not mistaken. She mm. is a CA, qualified CA. She's in the uh, public sector. She also has her own foundation and organization going on. She's just a powerhouse. And me seeing her win that night, mm. I think I was like, you know, something in me was, you know, when you feel home, yeah. you know, you don't know what home feels like, but that felt like yeah. home. And I was like, I want to see myself in that, on that stage one day. Mm. And, you know, her being a black female mm. just showed it that it's possible, you know, and we are slowly getting to this point where we're not only asking for a seat at the table, but also we are extending the table to mm. fellow um, you know, black females as well. And that's how it sort of, um, you, know, you know, became far more firm in my decision of taking the CA route and being in corporate, yeah. Hmm. And, and, and outside of the, the titles uh, or the CEO of, 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 of Lady Young, yeah. who is the Woho? Or do you do to relax and, and keep yourself alive? I think um, I should have started the interview with this. I, I think first and foremost, before anything, I am a child of God. You know, I'm a woman after God's heart. And if anyone knows me, even via my social media platforms, I always just talk about God. You know, I think um, he plays a huge role in my life. So if I'm not doing anything, I'll probably be listening to gospel music, um, watching a sermon or, or something of that sort. And that's where I draw a lot of my fuel from. And that's mm-hmm. where I make sure that I keep motivated and inspired because, mm-hmm. you know, God is a source. You know, it's the same way with my phone. When your phone is low, what do you do? Immediately, the first instinct is to go and plug it um, mm-hmm. onto your charger for it to start working again. Same thing with me. You know, I, I just always go back to my source, you mm-hmm. know, the person who gives me that energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, 
yeah, that's 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 who Tebuka is. And besides that, I think I love reading. I read a lot. So any 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 not not novels. I I am more of a sort of like fiction. I am more of a realistic. You know, give me an, a book on economics and yeah. and and something practical. So I I am that um, sort of reader. Mm-hmm. I also just love spending time with my family and friends and mm-hmm. just just chilling, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just the whole besides, yeah. you know, other than all the titles and yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a daughter. To, to my parents, I'm the only girl at home, but I have two other siblings, mm. and and yeah, I just I just have this beautiful heart, and yeah. and besides that, I also just um if if there's one thing I always do because I get a lot of DMs from people on social media platforms on how how to navigate around this life thing. I think if there's one thing that I've really committed myself to is you know actually sending voice notes if I can, you know, just helping people out and really just responding the best way I can. And also networking or rather connecting them with the right people who are in whatever profession that they want to tap into. Mm. Because I would have liked someone to do that for me. Mm. But luckily, I had, I had already had that drive to go out there and ponder and look for all these information. Mm. You know, it's always good to just be that, that yeah. helping hand. And that also just makes me happy. It yeah. really does... Um, make me happy yeah yeah and i and i guess having having god as the foundation of it all it's kind of something that, that helps really to anchor you you know that even when That's there's true. hype around the book and all these achievements you know your foundation and how deep you are which i think is, is quite important you know i think i've seen a lot of young people lose who they are in fame, you know, or running after fame. And I think, you know, at the point in which you're at your peak, turning back and bowing down your knees and praying or praising him um, kind of really helps you anchor yourself and just really don't buy That's the hype. That's very true. Um, that is, is very true. Quite, quite profound. Um, talking about books, actually, what's your favorite book? That is the toughest question, hey? Um, I have a lot of favorite books, <laughs> but let me say I am current. I was currently reading um, a book called Lean In by the C- CFO of Facebook. Yes, so that I so funny enough, I've always wanted this book ever since I was in grade eleven, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I don't know something would come up every time I have to buy it, something would come up, and I wouldn't get the book. It's it's finally this year we I saw it on take a lot of that okay. Now I'm actually getting this book and I'm so glad that I didn't read it um, when I was in grade 11 that I only got to read it now because obviously I've grown so much yeah. and whatever that is written in that book makes far more sense for me now than mm-hmm. it would have um, and it's impacted me far, impacting me far more than it would have um, years ago. So mm-hmm. it's I, I highly recommend this book, especially to a lot of females, young females who are aspiring young professionals or mm. you know people who are just um wanting to make moves as we always say <laughs> as females and yeah. and and really just talk so much about how you know as society we 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 always just think of women as people who you know want they just need to get married you know yeah. be in the family and we don't talk so much about, and we always we are always saying, women, you know, as a woman, you need to get um, married to the successful man who is yeah. the CEO of the big investment yeah. company. And what mm-hmm. we're not saying, and or conversations that we're not saying is, you can be the CEO of that investment company. Yeah. You know, 
we, yeah. we're not having those um, power shift mm. um, uh, conversations. And I think those are a very important conversation, not even having them with people, but having them with yourself mm. and sort of unlearning everything that you thought you had to be mm. and being what you're meant to be. Yeah. One of the, the, the key principles that I, that I kind of got to, that I kind of got to understand as the underlying principle while looking into you is this element of being a go-getter, which I kind of was yeah. kind of, <laughs> you know, and, and even when <laughs> I listened to your answers, you know, attending award ceremony, putting yourself in spaces where you've got these amazing individuals that really help you make a, a better person. Talking about inspiration, who inspires you the most? And, and what about that person actually inspires you to be a better, a better person? Um, I think without a doubt, my mother plays a huge role in my life. She's been in a corporate for more than 25 years and believe it or not, working for the same company. She started off as a receptionist and worked her way up into management level. And that's, I mean, if that's not inspiration and also just being someone who you, 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 you see every day, mm. you know, I think she has really played a huge role in my life. Mm. And with that said, I, I always say that I draw inspiration from a lot of people. Mm. Um, because the moment you just draw inspiration or the moment you just look up to one person, you end up just wanting to copy their lives. You know, I see a lot of people who are aspiring presenters and they look up to Bonang. You know, they, they end up sounding like her. You know, um, I always say that no one is perfect. So it's always important for you to take out the different aspects from different people that you'd want to implement in your life mm. and also just, in, uh, you know, understand that they're also human. And, and hence, just take away this, those little aspects from different people that you'd like to implement in your life. And, and that's how I sort of, um, yeah. you know, build myself. So I, I take away different things that I, you know, Bonang's work ethic. And then I also look at, um, you know, other different people who are in corporate yeah. and what are they doing, you know, just yeah. so that I can also just build myself and the yeah. person that I'd like to be. Yeah. yeah. Quite commendable indeed. Um, on that note, so what would you say is your message to the world? Shoo, um, <laughs> I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. But I think, I mean, there's this one quote that I, it's on my wall. Every wall that I go to, be it when I'm at school or at home, I always just write this quote down. Um, it says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure you know we often ask ourselves who am i to be brilliant gorgeous successful talented but the question should be who are you not to be mm. you know playing small your playing small does not serve the world mm. you know you have so much potential mm. and the greatest thing is that you are you and that is your greatest superpower and no one can can do you more than mm then you can do you and whatever that you have you know the world is ready for that mm. you know and and your dreams are valid as Zosibini said that we need to start cementing ourselves and um you know and stop this thing of when we get into certain rooms we don't play ourselves you know mm. you deserve to be in those rooms mm. you know um it says god always says that he doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the cult you know mm. if you are in that room you deserve yeah. to be there mm. and and work hard so that you, you stay in that room. You know, the mm. last thing we want is to have more black people fall off because mm. they, once they get to a space, they get too comfortable. You know, you mm. still need to work hard and ensure that you stay in those um, t diff different spaces and that you grow also as an, as an individual. Yeah. Mm. And, and how can our listeners and our viewers stay in touch with the work you're doing? 
Um, I am available on, okay, not, I wanted to say all social media platforms. I'm not on Facebook. Yeah. So um, I think I'm available on Twitter, on Instagram, um, LinkedIn as well. And on LinkedIn, I am Debukopakhele. Um, on Instagram, it's Debu.Mpakhele. And then um, on Twitter, it's Debu underscore Mpakhele. And yeah, I always try and respond to my DMs, appropriate DMs though. Um, anything career related, um, if you want me to hook you up with anyone who's in your field, if I know anyone, I always um, make the initiative to actually try and help out. Mm-hmm. And if you can, you can also just send me an email. Um, it's debutsmpatlele at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And also, you can also just follow my foundation's um, social media platforms. At the moment, I'm the one running the social media platform, so I'd always um, see yeah. any messages or emails that you might send through to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at Lijang SA and all on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. I think I think really when when thinking about you, I loved how you answered the uh, the question of what you to the world. Um, really got me thinking is that sometimes I even think about. You know, when I look at all these young individuals, specifically in Forbes, they gender 30, um, start to realize that a lot of what they're doing is not something, is not anything anybody could possibly couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Sure. sure. That that we all have have that fire within us. Um, And I'm glad that you shared that. And I really hope that when we we release those episodes, that all the young girls who are watching this episode draw inspiration um, and that your DMs get filled again um, <laughs> um, and really hope that, um, that, um, that yeah, again, that they are inspired. And I think what you said in your message today um, was something that's quite relevant right now. Um, I think a lot of young people thinking that we're in lockdown and think about how do I bulletproof myself, you know, throughout the space or during such uncertain times, um, navigating these waters. So thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor and pleasure to be on this platform. I like what you're doing as well. I think all these interviews that you're having, um, you know, someone, whoever who watches this, I think the, those very few vessels that will be changed by these um, interviews, yeah. I think you're just doing an amazing thing. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Debuha. All right, guys, there you have it from Debuha herself. Guys, go read and check about her on our social media pages. We'll be sharing all this information on our Leaders Podcast Instagram. Once again, here at the Leaders Podcast, we believe that as more and more young people who are conscious of their unique purpose, as they discover their hidden pearl, they essentially add value to society in the only way they can. Please remember to follow us on our YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Apple Podcast at the leaders podcast and if you enjoyed this episode please do not slide into Deborah's dm but please like comment and share with at least three people who you believe will find this episode quite valuable i'm your host once again thank you